Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings, from premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts. Start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. Hey, it's Ryan Reynolds, and I'm here with Keith, co-star of my upcoming film, If, only in theaters May 17th. Do you want to tell people the big news? All right, I'll do it. Sign up now, and you'll get unlimited for $15 a month in six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan on us. MintMobile.com slash switch. Upfront payment of $45, equivalent to $15 per month. Unlimited over 40 gigabytes per month. Face lower speeds. Videos at 480p. Active Mint customers by 531.24 get six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan. Auto renews after six months. Offer ends May 31st, 2024. Separate Paramount Plus registration required. Terms and conditions apply if rated PG. If you're struggling to lose weight, you've probably heard about weight loss medications like Wigovi or ZepBound. And you might be wondering if they're right for you. Meet Plush Care, a leading telehealth provider with doctors who are there for you day and night to partner with you in your weight loss journey. If you qualify, they can safely prescribe you medication from the comfort of your own home. To get started, visit plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. plushcare.com slash weight loss. American soccer fans, welcome to episode number 127 of the USA Soccer Cast. We are bringing you everything about the U.S. national teams, the players, the leagues, and everything else that impacts the game of soccer in these United States. I'm Donald Wine. The U.S. Open Cup has been the main topic of discussion over the past couple of weeks, and it involves the participation of Major League Soccer. As we sit on the eve of the main opening weekend of the season, MLS is having to deal with a ton of outside issues, but none capturing the public's attention more than their spat with U.S. soccer over playing in the U.S. Open Cup. MLS doesn't want to field its first teams in that tournament. U.S. soccer is saying they need to, and it's been a very public back and forth, to the point that earlier this week there was a report from Hudson River Blue that said that the tournament in its 109th year was in danger of being canceled due to failure to agree on a format by which MLS would agree to participate with its first teams. So... I wanted to dive further into this topic, and to do so, I have a very special guest. I have a conversation with Michael Batista from Hudson River Blue, who is behind the report of the potential cancellation of this year's tournament. And he brings us up to speed on what's happening with the tournament this year, if it's really going to proceed, and why this has been such a big deal for MLS to not want to be in it. So let's get right to it, our interview with Michael Batista. We are here with Michael Batista. He writes for Hudson River Blue and helps with the cup.us, which focuses on the U.S. Open Cup. Batista broke the report that the 2024 U.S. Open Cup was in danger of being canceled due to U.S. soccer and MLS not agreeing to a compromise that would see the league play in the tournament. Michael, thanks for joining us on the show. Really appreciate it. I'm happy to be here. Very weird to be talking to a, you know, a D.C. United fan, but... You know, we we all got to do what we can for the cup, right? MLS is back. Uh, we'll see it's each other down back, the road baby. in that regard. But uh, there's so much going on with regards to the league. But we'll, uh, obviously, we're going to be focusing on the U.S. Open Cup. And you had the great report earlier this week that chronicled how the Open Cup was in danger of being canceled for the 2024 calendar year. 
And since then, we've seen some updated reports that seem to indicate that the tournament will proceed, but with some major changes. So first off, tell us how that report came about that you had and kind of bring us up to speed on what's what we have at this point in time. So the way this all came about was, uh, like you mentioned, I've been writing for the cup.us since, well, I, yeah, I do write for the cup.us and I have been writing for the cup.us since the fall of 2018, I believe it was my first article. Uh, so I've been covering the lower divisions and all parts of the tournament, but especially the lower divisions and qualifying for a while. Uh, Going into this year and following December, uh, you saw teams really start to get anxious. Uh, and even after MLS said, we're back in, or even after the waiver got declined, MLS never really officially said they were back in. Uh, Nelson Rodriguez, the he's got a really long title, but it's like some head of competitions with Major mm -hmm. League Soccer. Um, he used to be chief of staff. But he held a press conference with reporters following that whole ordeal. And pretty much he told them we're not going to challenge it. But MLS never publicly stated that we're back in. And that always kind of resonated with people. Then you go to the fact that the schedule never came out. And everyone was blaming the National Independent Soccer Association. Because that's always the problem. The National Independent Soccer Association. Because they always don't know what teams they're going to play with. That got handled right before the uh, AGM in Dallas a couple weeks ago. So right around that time is when people started realizing, wait a minute, it's not NISA. And then uh, more and more reports started to come out that there were talks at the AGM. And then all of a sudden, the Open Cup Committee wasn't included in those talks. Uh, why isn't the Open Cup Committee include those talks? And then the prospect of MLS wanting more concessions was starting to float around uh, whether that be less teams the 60 40 splits uh, which has now turned into a 60 percent split of all gates to the home teams and 40 percent back to the tournament all my sources originally said that was originally 40 percent MLS teams when they visit lower division that was the mm -hmm. original pitch um, but anyway the it seemed as though once the AGM hit, the ball was like fully rolling towards something was going on and MLS was the cause. And that's when I kind of started repeat. Then you start to hear things from multiple sources that fit the picture of like you start to piece it together yourself. You know what I mean? Mm -hmm. Yeah. And, you know, even since then, you had the report that said it's in danger. You had USL teams that were kind of, you know, monitoring what MLS was doing and kind of affecting how they were perceiving their participation. They then came out and said that, Hey, all 47 of our eligible teams are going to play in the tournament, but you started, you mentioned the U S open cup committee. You started to see a couple people reportedly leave that committee for reasons unknown. And it all goes back to the fact that at the beginning, the very beginning, MLS just didn't want to participate using their first teams. Now, What's the reason behind that? I think that's the root thing. I know the answer, the main answer is money, but what else is making them push back against wanting to be a part of the Open Cup? So MLS does, on paper, have a legitimate reason for wanting to cut back games. Uh, what's the, the Los Angeles, uh, LA uh, Galaxy, uh, LAFC set a record last year playing something like 53 games, or it was over 50. 
mm-hmm. and that's a lot on a team. And I know there's European teams that, you know, you can have a Liverpool that does that if they go or a Man City that does that, especially if they go to the Club World Cup. Uh, the difference is that uh, Major League Soccer does not have the roster depth to handle that, that workload. There's two things with that. I said on paper that makes sense. There's two things. One, the schedule is so crowded because of a tournament that Major League Soccer created itself, uh, the League's Cup with League MX. And then the second reason is the reason why the roster is so shallow. I shouldn't say shallow. The reason why you can't have a depth of a roster to handle multiple competitions is because you have rules set in place by Major League Soccer and the Major League Soccer Players Association on how many short-term transfer, uh, short-term loans you can have from reserve teams and other types of call-ups you can have. And they refuse to change those. Uh, it feels as though Major League Soccer has legitimate gripes, but they keep doing it to themselves. And at that point, it's very hard to try and believe them on all of their points when it feels like they're the ones causing it. Uh, it is... I'm sure money is causing it too because they want the control. They want the broadcast right money. They want all this, but there's other reasons at play here. Well, you mentioned schedule congestion. I think the league, as you mentioned, has complained about it. You you mentioned LAFC in their 53 games, but the, the schedule congestion, as you mentioned, is kind of of their own doing. And it was in response to the fact that they weren't playing enough games and you had teams that had a four and a half month layoff at the end of the season. So, you know, not only did they have the league's cup, they have an expanded MLS cup playoffs, Campione's cup, Inter-Americana cup. You have Inter-Miami going on a world tour for preseason. DC United goes to Saudi Arabia for four matches. You have CONCACAF champions cup. So uh, to, to borrow from knee leaks, like the USO becomes going, why are we in it? So like, why are they the focus of the schedule congestion debate that, as you mentioned, is clearly a result of a lot of, at least in many ways, MLS doing the schedule congesting. Before I answer that question, I think it's very convenient or very coincidental that yesterday the the 2024 Canadian Championship uh, schedule and format came out and all three Canadian Major League Soccer teams are in it. Mm-hmm. And to win that tournament, they have to play five to six games. Uh, including Toronto, who's starting in the first round with all the Canadian Premier League teams. Uh, So it's kind of interesting to see that it's just the Open Cup's the problem. Um, Pretty much is, it really does feel like it does come down to, uh, it does come down to controlling like aspects of the tournament that they just don't have. Um, Look at the Apple uh, documentary they did, Messi Coming to America. Uh, Messi was had a how many parts was that documentary? Four, five, four, five, something. Yeah, something like that. They totally skip over the Open Cup, but I know he lost it. I know, or he would even play in the final. But the semifinal against Cincinnati did not mention it. They did not mention him in the final. Uh, they didn't mention uh, anything around that tournament. Uh, it seems as though Major League Soccer and Apple made the conscious choice that we don't own this. Uh, we're not going to touch anything to do with it. Now, maybe if they uh, Inter Miami had lost to Nashville, maybe they do the same thing. I don't believe they do because where was that game shown on Apple MLS season pass? Uh, but it really does feel like of all the stuff, this is the tournament that 
they make no money off of that they feel as though it's extra games for the point of extra games that they really don't gain anything out of because they don't market the games, uh, even to their own fans. And when you look at it, it's a chance for a league like USL Championship or USL League One, shout out Union Omaha, to continuously overshadow them, uh, or not overshadow them, to, to upset them. Because if you beat a USL team, Great, you beat a USL team. You're supposed to beat a USL team. If the USL team beats you, it's the it's a pretty big black eye. Well, I it, I, I feel like it's the same when MLS teams used to play some of these European teams coming over for preseason. They'd have the same kind of debates when it came to that. But also with Major League Soccer, it seems like there's a very easy compromise here, and that's what they were already doing, which is. In the early rounds, a lot of teams would either say we're going for or a lot of teams, you know, shout out DC United. Sometimes they would be like, yo, we're just going to play, play the kids and we're going to play some academy players, some kids that had no no name on the back of their jersey. And if they progressed, then they would bring in the heavy hitters for those games. So why couldn't they just do that? They could have just done that and they could have just not made a big deal about it. Uh I think that really goes to show where MLS is right now, where they if they had just played the kids or they just expanded the roster to make sure they can play more kids in the early rounds. I really think that no one would have cared, but because they made this huge deal about it uh, is the problem because they wanted people to know that we Major League Soccer do not want to be in this. This is not our thing. Uh it's kind of just kind it really shows where the mentality is and what direction they want to take their league. Uh, and also shout out DC United and Wayne Rooney last year for saying that we don't want to play our first team on a turf field at Montclair state university. Right. Right. That, that's what I was kind of referring to. I, <laughs> I, I remember in 2021 um, I saw two open cup games and I saw three first team players in those two games. So Teams do that, but also at the same time, you had the Houston Dynamo who really said it, we are going to put everything into this Open Cup and see if we can do it. And sure enough, they won. And I think the the on the MLS side, they kind of close out this portion of it. It's super hypocritical because when you look at the site, yes, I know the graphic uh, that they released the other day didn't have the Open Cup conveniently on it. But when you talk about all the teams and all the history that they have and all the trophies that they won, they list the U.S. Open Cup alongside some of the other ones that they have. So it's it's interesting that, again, with all the things that they they have going on, that they've decided that this is the culprit of their schedule congestion and their money and, and, and lack of control and have decided to go after it. But I want to shift to U.S. soccer side, because in U.S. soccer side, there's a lot of people asking, why don't they just enforce the rules that they already have? Right. The rule states that they as a division one sanctioned league, that they are required to field their first team. They've already rejected, as you mentioned, the waiver for the MLS next pro teams to be involved. And they haven't had those involved. And even, you know, within the the league, the MLS next pro league, you only have the independent teams that are participating. So why don't they just enforce the rules that they already have? Because it's 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 a very valid question. And it's because Major League Soccer is probably lawyered up to the gills waiting for them to do that. Uh, There are a multitude of reasons why the nuclear option of de-sanctioning or fines or just scheduling it and let them forfeit and see what happens. All of those things 
are on the table, but it really feels like they are tucked away under lock and key. Uh, I mentioned in my article that one reason I point out is the North American Soccer League. Uh, so uh, North, North American Soccer League antitrust lawsuit that's still ongoing mm-hmm. since 2018, uh, pretty much in which NASL sued uh, SUM, USSF and MLS is in that too, named in that too, saying that pre- professional league sanctions are bias and arbitrary. And if you have a league saying that we're not going to do this and then you take away their sanctions and then you de-sanction them because they aren't going to do a tournament that they say is losing them money, that's going to feed into that lawsuit. Uh, you could also argue that if MLS is allowed to skirt PLS, it's going to help the NASL lawsuit. Uh, it's really a no-win situation for USSF. But also, there's also just the end-of-day fact that if you desanction or attack MLS, they're going to take this to court for the next 10 years. And you have a World Cup coming up in 2026. And I don't think anyone wants that at all. Uh, you're in a very difficult position. And I don't envy it. Personally, I, I feel I would be the hardline stance of you got to play in this. But I don't... I understand why they're being very cautious right now and trying to work with the league. However, I also feel that the second you allow teams to start backing out, you're never going to get full participation again. Right. It's uh, You can never stick the toothpaste back in the tube in that regard. It, there's also USL involved. And I mentioned that they had considered their participation in it, especially if it didn't come, you know, with some of these things with MLS participating with, with the, CONCACAF Champions Cup spot that goes to the winner of the tournament. We now know, as we mentioned, that all the eligible USL teams will be in the tournament. But why is it important for USL to have MLS participate in the tournament in full? In theory, it would make it easier for them to win without a lot of MLS teams in there. But it seems like they were discussing the fact that without MLS in the tournament, it's not it doesn't make sense for them to participate either. So why why would they have that feeling considering the fact that, again, fewer teams of a, of a higher level mean that it's easier for them to win the tournament? Because MLS is the driving factor in this tournament for revenue and potentially the CONCACAF Champions League spot. Uh, there was a report by Chris Kessel, which I haven't confirmed myself, but I have... I have my own theories and I own uh, my own assumptions on it that if MLS leaves the tournament, the powers that be CONCACAF will take away the Champions League spot or Champions Cup spot away from the tournament. So, yeah, even I know that for most of its history, it hasn't had that that invitation to the uh, CONCACAF stage. Uh, it did have it in like the 80s and 90s, and then it's it got it officially back in like the mid 2000s. But once you take that away, USL is just playing extra games for the sake of extra games against teams that probably aren't going to draw them any money. Uh, and I, there's no real point to that, uh, except for the Heritage of the Cup. And I'm going to be honest, the Heritage of the Cup ain't going to get them any extra favors. Uh, MLS does bring the legitimacy to the tournament. Um, you can say that right now 
especially with Lionel Messi, uh, people know who Major League Soccer is. People don't know. People know who Inner Miami CF is. People don't know who who the Miami FC is. Uh, hmm. And that is always going to be a sticking point that USL is the second division. They want to talk about pro rel. They want to talk about getting D1 sanctioning eventually until they do that. They are the second division and there's no pathway for them to get legitimacy unless it's through the open cup. Uh, you have these games where you can test your lit- litmus and see if you can beat the big guys. And we've seen teams like FC Cincinnati in Orlando city, both have great runs in the open cup and then go on to MLS and Nashville, I think in their last year made it to the quarterfinals. Uh, stuff like that. It's they need this tournament because it is one of their biggest paychecks, especially depending on who they play. Uh, the Miami FC has had their highest selling games since they joined USL against Inter Miami CF. Uh, you have Detroit City. They made bank when they beat Columbus Crew. Yep. Uh, and Pittsburgh Riverhounds made bank when they beat the Columbus Crew. So it's just that's just the way it is. You need the, you need the bit. This is where the big boys play. You know, we will have more with Michael Batista right after this quick break. Hey, everyone, are you looking for the latest gear for your U.S. national teams, Major League Soccer, the NWSL or any other team in the world of soccer? The USA Soccer Cast has affiliate partnerships that are ready to help you out. Head to linktree.com slash USA SoccerCast, where we have links to Homage, Fanatics, the MLS Store, and Breaking Feet. You can get the jersey, shirt, hat, or accessory you're looking for to support your team while also saving some money and helping this show in the process. Again, linktree.com slash USA SoccerCast. Click on the links and get your gear. And we thank you, as always, for your support of the show. Back on the USA Soccer Cast. Let's get you back to that interview that we are conducting with Hudson River Blues, Michael Batista. So after all is said and done, I, I know it's still very volatile. There's still, you know, as as we're speaking, there's still news coming out about this tournament, at least for, for 2024. We're not even going to think beyond, but just for 2024, what does your gut tell you about how this all plays out? Is there, I don't necessarily need you to get into the format of things, but one, do you think MLS teams are going to participate? And if so, how many? I think MLS teams are going to participate. I think it's going to be eight MLS teams. I think it's going to be eight MLS teams and 11 MLS Next Pro teams, uh, including Chattanooga FC and Colorado Core FC. I think you're going to see the most, if not all, of the CONCACAF Champions Cup teams not in- participate at all, including not sending a Next Pro team. Uh, I think that's what's going to happen this year because the writing is on the wall that the CONCACAF Champions Cup teams are seen as like off limits. There's rumblings that Houston Dynamo, because they're the defending champions, might come back in. I got no, I, I love that idea. I love the idea of everyone playing, but if everyone's going to be, if, if the CCC teams are out and Houston wants to be back in, that's fine. But we are definitely going to see a hybrid model this year. Going forward, I can't even say. Uh, Detroit City FC's Sean Mann 
put out an article recently saying he thinks this is going to be the last time the Open Cup is played. And am I that downer? No. Am I optimistic? No. It's like that <laughs> weird in-between of I don't know what's going on and I just want to watch my get my teams play soccer and kick a ball around. I want to see FC Motown play against professional teams. I want to see uh I want to see the Detroit Cities fill up Keyworth and I want to see the Colorado Hailstorms be really good for some stupid reason in this tournament. Look, I I I'm I'm a Detroit City fan supporter part owner. I loved it when they beat Columbus because, you know, for me, Michigan and Ohio, it's always a big deal. I am also a DC United fan. I remember 2013 where DC United was actually the worst team that MLS the has worst. ever had and won the Open Cup because they put all their everything into that. I, I still, again, Ben Olsen was the coach then. He was the coach for the Dynamo this past year when they won, and he understands, you know, like, you know, there's some coaches who just understand the glory of the open cup, how important it is. And and for me, my first few years here in DC, there was open cup finals here every single year because they took it seriously. And my hope is that we get to a point where everyone's taken it seriously and everyone's being able to participate. It would be great to, you know, they, if they want to consider it like the FA cup, that's great, but it involves a lot of people getting to the table and being adults at this point. But Michael Batista, again, Thank you so much for being on here. Before we let you go, tell the people where they can find you and your work. You can find me uh, multiple places. So on Twitter, you can find me at Michael Batista. It's just my name at M-I-C-H-A-E-L-B-A-T-T-I-S-T-A. You can find me on Blue Sky. I'm starting to do more stuff there. It's just uh, Batista. You just B-A-T-T-I-S-T-A. And my writing can be found all over the place. Hudson River Blue, the cup.us. I am writing some feature stories for us soccer right now about some lower division teams, hopefully. Uh, and I've also write about the New York Red Bulls for New York city sports nation. Awesome. Well, Michael Batista, again, thank you so much for joining at, at all this, all the stuff that you do for the cup.us. I've known Josh for, for a long, long time uh, since he got involved with it. So the, the stuff that you guys are doing over there, you guys are the source for us open cup coverage. So we really appreciate all the work that you do every single year to keep us informed about this great tournament. And hopefully uh, you have a lot to write about. Hopefully it's a, it, it's a tournament that continues and continues to, to provide the cup sets for us and all the magical moments that it has. So thank you again for, for being on and keep up the great work. Thank you so much. You too. And uh, glory to the open cup. Amen. And thank you to Michael Batista for coming on the show to discuss the U.S. Open Cup. Fascinating stuff for him and for real. The U.S. Open Cup is awesome. The cup set is awesome when it doesn't involve your team. It's magical and every league should be participating. MLS not wanting to participate in this tournament is just nasty stuff in my mind. The fans want it. The teams pride themselves in winning trophies. This is one of them. Schedule congestion cannot be a problem of your own creation and U.S. Open Cup ain't the main culprit. So, you got to be adults here at this point and lead to make this tournament great. You have problems with it as a league? Not playing in it won't fix those problems. Working together will, and that's what needs to happen here. Easier said than done, of course, but MLS absolutely should be in the U.S. Open Cup, and U.S. soccer should force his hand to make this happen. So hopefully, over the weekend and into the season, we hear more about how MLS is going to participate, and hopefully it ends with all the teams figuring out a way to participate 
in this magical tournament. As we close out, I just want to let you know that we have grown our affiliate partnership list substantially over the past couple of weeks. The idea behind them is to bring you closer to the players in the leagues that you love, whether it's watching some of them play for their clubs on TV, whether it's buying the latest gear, or even traveling to watch our national teams play. The hope is that our affiliate links will help you save some money and break down the barriers that exist to watch the game we all love and enjoy. From jackets and jerseys to hotels and flights to matches, buying tickets, or even streaming subscriptions to watch some of your favorite leagues, we got it all for you now. So head to our link tree. That's linktree.com slash USA soccer cast and click on the links that you need. And they don't have to be for soccer either. The links are good for anything on those sites. So it's a one-stop shop to enjoy it all. So head there. We're going to be adding more in the coming days and weeks. So continue to check our link tree again, linktree.com slash USA soccer cast. That will do it for episode 127 of the USA soccer cast. Thank you so much for listening again. Thank you to Michael Batista for coming on the show to discuss the open cup. Remember to follow us on Twitter and we're on YouTube now, so find us on there at USA SoccerCast. Subscribe, subscribe, rate, and review our episodes. It really helps and is greatly appreciated. And, of course, we encourage topic suggestions as we move forward. You can email them to USASoccerCast at gmail.com, or you can tag us on Twitter. We will talk to you again soon, y'all. Peace. <laughs>